part of Double P Media, doublepmedia.com. Welcome to the dust. We had to wait a little while. Sorry for the delay. Lots of crazy things going on. Plus, I needed to be able to talk about these episodes without breaking down and crying the way that Holly did the last time that she was on this podcast. Welcome back, Double H, to the podcast. Once again, we are talking about the finale two episodes that as they aired on HBO. Uh, season three, episode seven, The Clouded Mountain, written by Francesca Gardner and directed by Amit Gupta, a couple of regular old veterans with this show. And season three, episode eight, The Botanical Garden, written again by Francesca Gardner, this time directed by Harry Woodliffe. Now, I realize that there are some people who say that, well, certain scenes were directed by other directors and everything. We only go by what shows up on the credits. Those were what was on the credits. Let's not delay with any more of that. We are going to have our contest later where we give away our Funko Pops, so be ready for that. We're not going to tell you where it's going to be so that you might have to listen to the entire podcast, or you can just use the timestamps and skip ahead, as they like to say at the Double P. We are happy to present these gifts to you. We hope that you win. We've got a whole wheel of names of people to once again spin and find winners. Enough about that. I'll have to read the names because Matt won't be able to read them. Yeah, well, they might be on a tiny wheel. It's on a uh, tiny actually, wheel. <laughs> a, a, a big, a big kind of uh, a big, a big name pops up with this particular one. So we've we've got that a different wheel for the names so that everybody well, can okay. see. Okay, good, yeah. good. I should have done that with the topics. That would have yeah. been a lot easier. But then I'd have to be switching back to sharing screen and all that stuff all the time. And I don't really want to do that. It's much easier just to put the little tiny wheel spinning and then uh, <laughs> us just see where it is and interpreting it. Nonetheless, the wheel has spun and Holly must now give her rating for episode seven, The Clouded Mountain. What is your rating, Holly? Well, um, I rated this episode a 9.5 out of 10 double M's. Double M's. Metatron manipulations. So this episode, I really, really love this episode. And as a book reader uh, watching this show, I, I've been looking forward to certain things and expecting certain things. And so certain parts of the story like weren't going to fool me. Um, like, you know, Mrs. Coulter, will she, did she really betray Azrael in the end or not? Like that wasn't something I was really worried about this episode. Um, it was just for, for me, super fun just to see it. So many beautiful shots in this episode, especially with the battle and the angels, you know, the Metatron's angels and the big clump on one side and then Azrael and his few angels and his witches on another, like that stuff was just un done so well. And um, as I was saying before, as a book reader, usually when I get to this book i am so invested in lyra and pan reuniting that i would always speed read through this section because i'm just trying to get back to being whole again and it was really fun to spend the whole episode in this part of the of the book and the story and get to really focus on the battle and everything uh, that it's contained in this episode it was just so fantastically done very fantastically acted um once again mrs coulter ruth wilson bringing it home um, as she has all series long. Oh, man, incredible, incredible stuff. 
I love this episode so much. And I think, uh, I think it does, it does a better job uh, than the book as far as like getting me hooked into what's happening and invested in, in this part of the story. I would agree with that. You know, I, of course, also have read The Amber Spyglass. And uh, I, I guess if anybody's going to have any interpretation problems with anything, I, I just can't, I'm going to put any of that aside, really. Uh, I'm going to give both of these episodes, spoiler alert, a 10. Uh, but this one I'm giving 10 triple A's. Triple A's? Yeah. Angelic Abyss acrobatics oh that's not what my triple a card says but okay oh uh <laughs> this is a bad joke sorry continue <laughs> uh but you know nothing says love like throwing yourself into oblivion uh with an angel uh i loved Azrael's beginning speech uh and like you said even though you didn't know marissa was going to you know turn to the dark side again uh I just found that really intriguing, the way that she strung Metatron along. Uh, and then uh, in this episode, she is Stel Maria as opposed <laughs> to Stel Maria. So uh, I loved the fact that she was the final force to kind of take them over the edge, as well as the monkey, you know, throwing a switch, which is what made it all possible. And uh, that whole reaching out for Lyra that the demon did still yeah. just got i mean if it didn't make you cry then i don't know who you are i don't want to know who you are um i guess they had to give Azrael, you know some of his ingenuity all of this stuff that he had been championing some reason with the capacitor thingies and all of that uh to bring down the clouded mountain or to at least make what their sacrifice was possible um I don't know if it would have made it, I guess it's made it possible for them to go into the abyss at all is the main reason for that. But uh, I don't know if it was really necessary. The abyss was there. We saw it pull Sergei down in the last episode. So you would think anything made of dust would be in peril if it was over the top of that thing. That's kind of like my one nitpick. And then what happens to the, abyss later on uh as we get uh into the next episode but those are really only my real nick nitpicks and it's not enough to even drop at a tenth of a point so we want to let you know that we're not going to be doing any more podcasts after this this is it for the dust podcast but that doesn't mean that we won't be around to say hi or whatever so if you want to continue to contact us at the dust podcast on twitter while twitter still exists Matt's audio blog, M-A-T-T-S audio blog on Hive and on Mastodon. If Twitter doesn't exist, you can email Matt's audio blog at gmail.com. You can also leave comments on our website posts, mattsaudioblog.com. And we are part of the Double P Media conglomerate family. We'll continue to be long after this podcast stops churning out podcasts. Uh, but you'll be able to find all of our videos at youtube.com slash C slash the word double, the letter P, the word media. And if you want to reach out to any of them to see what other shows they're covering, Bubba and I will soon be covering The Crown from Netflix, the season five. You'll be able to find those there as well. Uh, but just reach out to the Double P Media Network by tweeting to at the word double, the letters PHQ. Use that same spelling for Hive or for Instagram. You can even use that same spelling at Facebook. That's facebook.com slash the word double, the letters PHQ. 
Got some news uh, this week. It's kind of interesting that uh, our delay actually allowed us to talk about a little bit of the news that came out. The creator of the show, uh, the showrunner, Jack Thorne, uh, put this tweet out on January 4th saying, Some personal news. Just before Christmas, I was diagnosed autistic. A long journey, but one I'm very happy to have gone on. Make sense of stuff before hopefully will help with stuff to come. I don't understand it all yet, but I'm getting there. And uh, Mr. Thorne, we wish you the best of luck in sorting through all of it. Autism is not near the beast. I suppose that it was uh, even 20 years ago. Uh, a lot of uh, advancements have been made in terms of uh, how to how to best treat it, how to manage it, and those kind of things. And we wish you all the best and uh that you are we're glad that you're willing to you know look at it in this very positive light i think that that's something that uh helps more than anything else is to kind of dispel the cloud of what that is and uh what it can mean for a family so thank you very much uh for sharing that news for being open with us we wish you the best uh holly any thought on that or uh, just to echo what you said, uh, brave to come out and talk about it online. Um, very proud that he's made this discovery, and I hope he uh, continues to learn and grow from, I guess, what he knows now, and uh, and continues to do well, and be healthy. Yeah, absolutely. There's no musical analysis, as you know, because I put an episode out about a week ago regarding. Uh, all of the music from these two episodes, if you want to go back one episode on the podcast feed or look for it on the Double P Media YouTube feed, uh, you'll find it still in uh, some of the more recent videos. It may still be on the top row. I'm not sure how many videos have come out since then. But with that said, it's time to talk about the Clouded Mountain. And how do we do it around here? We spin a tiny little wheel of topics that Holly ends up having to read because my glasses don't seem to work on it. Holly, what does it say? What does this first one say? There's lots of words there. I don't understand what it says. It says, we're in this together. Oh, Will and Lyra. Everything Will and Lyra. It's funny that it lands on that one because, you know, really this episode, uh, this is the one that they're probably the least involved in for the whole series uh but nonetheless there's a lot that they do go through uh i loved their meeting with the gunway i loved um that little when they're still in the land of the dead before they cut themselves out into Azrael land uh the the whole idea of she's he's like he's offering to help her in this way or whatever because she wants to go out into the world where the the ghosts are at and are going to and she instead uh says no 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 you don't get this this is us we we do everything together from here on out uh that of course also makes the the ending of this series uh very difficult because here's the one thing that lyra wants and it's the one thing that lyra won't get but that's looking at it in the context of both episodes anything about will and lyra in this particular episode that uh you wanted to talk about yeah, just kind of like you said, that moment where they, uh, you know, Will says, oh, I'll, you know, they decide to go together. But Will just offering to, like, go do it himself it was so sweet. Um, 
but yeah, she's like, no dummy, you don't get it. Like, duh, we're going to do this together. Um, I thought after they leave the world of the dead, I'm like, where, where's your sense of urgency to like find your demons? They're just, it's like, I mean, I guess they're that's a little bit oblivious to what's actually happening, but like they, I don't know. They're just kind of walking along and I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, don't you want to get back to your demons? Like, I'd be running if it was me, but it's kind of one of my like little nitpicks I have, but. I can understand um, that. I think I had a bigger nitpick, Holly, with the fact that once they had found their demons and then sent them to the other world that they didn't, you know, they lollygagged around for an awful long time. So, you know, all of the wonderful things that happened after the clouded mountain had fell before they decided to go, I mean, it's almost like if I was Pan, I would be like, "What? they did it again. They locked us out again. What, again. What's going on here? You know, so I, I, I feel like that one bothered me more than them not being able to get there. Because once they found a gunway, they were going to have to do it a gunway's way no matter what. Because that was, you know, kind of cool. And I did love that interaction. Uh, Lyra learning about Azrael, chanting her name. Uh, and and all of that stuff that was that was pretty cool and that that again gets reflected at the beginning of the next episode as well but i i thought that oh gunway you know i was like okay so we got him so that he we could i guess we could have a little bit of an emotional payoff with his daughter and then i don't know uh but it, it seems like the principal reason that he was even here uh was just so that he could ensure that lyra and will got back to the compound safe yeah, I like that, you know, they had this this game plan going into this battle. I mean, obviously the plans kind of changed once Azrael learned what exactly Lyra had done. And good for him, you know, good for him for finally showing up and being a, a real dad for once. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, as soon as he realizes what what what's happening, what's been happening, what Lyra did, we're going to, this is what it's going to be, protect Lyra. So everything he's doing the whole battle is really just a distraction to buy time um so good good on him he had a gunway looking out for them on the ground and he had seraphina like you know and zephania like ready to let him know when he when they entered the world and then yeah seraphina to find and protect the demons which um man pan when she finds when she finds pan pan is pan is not gonna let not this pan's not letting it go and like i get it this is a little bit of a change from the book and maybe this is something we can talk about after we talk about the next episode if we decide to potentially go into future adventures like uh the code of teases but um i thought it was a really good choice but it just every time he and spoke uh it just it just hurt me i'm like he's so hurt uh still and he's not over it and i understand and uh just i just felt so bad for him this whole time but i'm glad seraphina was able to talk some sense into them and get them moving and get them to safety i i loved uh and i don't know if this is drifting into another subject or not but i love the fact that they made sure to show both Pan and Kirava be able to change form still. Yeah. Because it like Pan when he when Serafina first found him, he was the he was the red panda again, right? Mm -hmm. And then they both yep. change into the birds. And then when Lyra saw Pan again, or when Lyra saw Pan at towards the end of the episode, he was already a Pine Martin. And yeah. I was like, oh oh, did something already happen here? But the truth of the matter is, is that I guess it just it was, they were trying to demonstrate that 
both Will and Lyra weren't there yet in terms of the episode eight, simply because uh, they were both able to turn into into bird forms. Right. So I, I did like that. Oh, and we haven't her. known Kiryava for long, but we only saw her as a cat unless until she changed into the bird when Serafina asked her to. But other than that, she was a cat the rest of the time. So right. you know, she was already like kind of almost there, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that's actually another gripe I do kind of have with this episode because the specters uh, come back and are attacked. And as they're walking through the world, and maybe they hint at this in the books, and I think they start to hint at it uh, in the back half of season two, um, just that they're getting closer to that age where those specters will affect them. And I was really kind of hoping or maybe just expecting um, just for them to convey that a little bit as they're walking through, uh, as they, you know, after they cut through Azure's world and they're walking through, like, maybe just a throwaway line of like, oh, I can like something feels off. It's like I can almost see the specters. I don't know. It didn't have to happen, but it would have I think it would have added maybe a little bit more tension to like, are they gonna, you know, be able to right. get to safety? Um if if Will was sensing, even if he couldn't see them just yet, if he was even sensing that they were around. Um, I think that would actually have been a little bit more effective than the cliff gas just coming back, which I mean like it's not that happens in the book too, but I just feel like after so much time, like all they were there to do was just kind of like get in the way a little bit and, but not really have much of an effect on them getting back to their demons. So um, I think maybe having the specters be a little bit more of a threat to Will and Lyra in those moments would have been a little bit more effective. Yeah. To me, the specters and the cliff gas, maybe the cliff gas you could see is kind of a threat, although Gunway was handling them pretty well. Yeah. But uh, to me, all the specters were was just like the little mini horror flick, which was great. Episode. It was great. Oh, no, it was fantastic. But but it didn't serve much of a purpose other than just showing us that Mrs. Coulter still has the power. Right. So all of that was great. All of that was great. Yeah. But like, let's let's let the kids feel it a little bit, too. And just even, you know, that's that would be even more terrifying. Like, oh, what if they get got by specters before they're reunited? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and I guess the fact that their demons hadn't had had not had their final form yet. Although I still look back at that one shot in season two of Will when they're in that cliff area, and I swear to God, when I look at that, it looks like he sees to me, and and maybe it was just a, an acting mistake or an editing mistake. But I always look at that and I say, is Will actually seeing one of those specters? No, I and, think that's intentional, and I think they missed an opportunity here to continue that. Okay. Well, that's a good point. All right. Excellent. Uh, anything else on Will and Lyra in this episode? Um, More on Lyra when we get towards to the end, just the moment with her and the monkey. But like, ugh. Um, that's pretty much all I really have for them. Oh, no. Yeah. More towards later. Okay. Later stuff. All right. Well, well let's spin the wheel again. I can read this one. Oh. It says Ugunway. It's oh. nice big letters. I can say that. And we've already talked about a gunway quite a bit. Uh, is I I love seeing him re. This is the question that I have. I love seeing him reuniting with his family, but was one of those daughters not one that had been separated? Didn't wasn't he hugging two girls? And I thought one of the his two daughters had been separated in the first episode. Yeah, um, another, I guess, nit to pick here um, is they don't really explain that, but it's almost like them winning the war kind of un, 
unsevered her somehow, yeah. but which doesn't just does not make sense because in the book, from what we know in Lyra's world, the like separation through intercision is permanent, irreversible. Like that's there's no coming back from that. But right. I don't know. Um well, this is a, a Gunway's from a different world, so maybe it's a different yeah. kind of separation. Is the only thing that I can think of, but potentially, and that's and that's another thing too is that they talk about um, in the next episode, uh, Zephania's talking about how cutting holes does like specters, or it could be a plague, or it could be this, or it could be that. So, who knows? Maybe it's just that is a different variation on that. But it is it was strange um, and raises a few more questions than it than it answered. Overall, though, I, I did like a, a Gunway's character. I think Adewale did a great job. Um, I only wish we had more. Um, it's really nice to see him in a role like this, um, like being like just good, nice guy. Where I mean, I know a lot of people know him as Mr. Echo, but I he will always be at a BC for me. That was the first thing I got to know him and love him uh, from Oz, um, another great HBO show. Uh, he is a scary, scary, scary inmate in that show. Um, not like the big daddy teddy bear he is in the show at all. Um, but I love I love seeing this side of him too. So great stuff from Adewale. Uh, just would like to have seen more, but I am glad. I think he did great with what he was given. Um, the scenes were, with Lyra were great. And even just the little looks, the little meaningful looks and glances he would get throughout this episode. I, I was just happy. He, I think he did really well with what he was given and even the small moments, I think he, he pulled off effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say uh, about Adewale. I just had that kind of question, but uh, I would, I agree with you. I would have liked to have learned a lot more about who he was because it seemed like he be he was used a lot as a device as a device to learn more about who everybody else was right we found anything else about him except in that first episode we did learn a little bit about him there but um i think there and again there's only so much time that you can put into these and this is what was one of my things about they did successfully adapt the the pretty much the entirety of the story into just eight episodes. But man, just imagine how much more good stuff you might have gotten if you had ten episodes. Ten episodes. I thank you. I agree. I think like just a couple of more episodes, and we could have just lived in this world a little bit longer. Um, and even we'll get to it later. And I, I kind of missed the opportunity on the last podcast to say, but like they did a great job with the Mulefa and the Mary and that whole sequence. But that is such a huge chunk of the book that like, even though they did a really great job with that little montage and like communicating everything that really does happen, I would have loved an entire episode in that world. Um, like mm -hmm. I could have taken a whole hour of that and everything that, and all the stuff that Mary did. And I think that was just another way we could have stretched out some time and we could have got more gunway stuff too in the meantime. And it's okay. I'm I'm happy overall with the with the show, but those there will be some things I I'll, I'll always wish we could have gotten just a little bit more of because I think they did so great. It was really and, good. And there's a couple of things in uh, both this episode and the next episode, which just feels like uh, because we couldn't include this before. Uh, here's your explanation is what the what is happening now. Right. And that uh, I think could have been alleviated with uh, a, a couple of extras episodes to set some of that stuff up in in some quieter moments um so that but that's just me that's that's uh 
just me saying, well, you know, you can't just explain something out of thin air. Uh, of course you can. They did, and they did so successfully. It's not that the exposition didn't work. It's just that uh, that's the I would have liked it. Yeah, it, it it just be looks at it looks at exposition it, it, it just strictly clinically as that rather than it feeling organic with the rest of the TV story. Ready to spin the wheel again? Spinny spin. Uh, I think it says. Oh, hang on. Uh, okay, your plan is nothing without your demons. Stalmaria and the monkey. Yes. Oh man, they made the day. Stelmaria is the only one that got they. The despite being all quivery and stuff, Metatron was uh, slash Enoch was still uh, fighting off uh, Azrael and Mrs. Coulter. Uh, it was Stelmaria that put put them over the edge. And of course, uh, none of that's even possible if the monkey doesn't throw the switch. And then monkey with reaching out for Lyra. Uh, I love the way that that shot intercut between. Uh, Marissa and the monkey because uh, that and of course Lyra as well but the, that showed Mrs. Coulter's final reaching out uh, to her daughter which I absolutely loved um, but wow uh, they went out in a good way how heartbroken were you in the way that you saw Stelmaria dissipate as they were following because that shot wow. to me is like the most critical shot that's where i broke when i saw it yeah that and um i can't and i can't remember which part you see first if you see stelmaria jump out or if you see lyra and the monkey meet but it was um the monkey and okay pretty sure if we go back and listen to our season one coverage i'm on record of like really hating this monkey like a lot like a lot yeah. a lot and wishing terrible things on this monkey i this this moment i've completely turned around this is the most the most empathy, the most love I have felt for this monkey ever is in this look he's giving Lyra as everything's happening. Oh my God, it's so heartbreaking. I start crying. Um, man, yeah, I think this is the moment I started crying too. But yes, Delmaria also jumping out and just being that extra bit of push they need to get Metatron off is, man, um, I'm just thinking the whole time. Um how so it's a weird um, um let me go off track a little bit but again uh really the show has made me feel differently about the characters um i ruth wilson's performance has made me change my mind about mrs coulter and um and what uh james mcavoy has done with asriel has also made me really change my mind on asriel who i i liked before i was like oh he's kind of a crappy father but like i liked what he stood for um but this time watching this show i really felt i hated him for the crappy things he done instead of instead of liking him for it and um and and i realized uh this time as i'm watching stelmaria jump out and do this i was like stelmaria is the best part of asriel and like the only thing that doesn't suck about asriel is stelmaria everything else really sucks about him um just glad he can he came to his senses and did it all for lyra in the end and both of them um just after being such crappy parents and being crappy people and humans um to just resign their fate uh to taking out metatron and falling into the abyss knowing that they are gonna have a fate worse than death that they worked so hard to change the world and they're gonna suffer more than anybody is 
is really I I I, I, I that's the best redemption you could ever ask for. Like nobody, nobody can, you can't really top that. Like they, yeah, they, they did the, the worst thing and then came back and did the best thing they could possibly do to fix it or, you know, make yeah. up for everything terrible they've done. Um, so at the end, um, they're finally, finally good parents to Lyra for, yeah. for doing that. Yeah. It, it's, it's wild because you had, you experienced this whole series television show or book wise. And you, your impression is, is that the one thing that uh, Asriel and Marissa both are incapable of is true love. And yet what you see at the end is the ultimate expression of love. It's, it's not, it's not dying for your child. It's ceasing to exist. It's ceasing. It's going into oblivion, oblivion. It's, it's, you know, and, uh, I, I thought that the the way that the the demons they wouldn't have been able to do it without their demons, which are the best parts of themselves. Yeah. Um, even Mrs. Coulter, I believe that the monkey is the best part of herself, and that's why she had to separate herself, of course, uh, from the monkey. Uh, of course, the monkey had a job to do to do her job because she was going to go in there and try and fool Metatron. But nonetheless, um those are the best parts of them that actually made this happen. Uh, so that's why I felt it important to kind of separate them out into a separate topic on the wheel, because, um, you know, I guess, uh, and, and like you said, there wasn't much to, there was always something to like about Stelmaria, Stelmaria, as she is in this episode, but there, there was nothing to like about the monkey until you saw kind of the monkey's perspective a little bit in season two and then this whole thing in what was it episode five or episode six Mm -hmm. uh where she asked for the monkey's forgiveness and the monkey did give it and you just think oh gosh this monkey is uh, a better person than you are marissa most of the time uh i did appreciate the sacrifice uh, on the fact that they were parents and he said for lyra and they both went at it i loved that first shot of Ruth Wilson grabbing him by the collar and her Such face. Fr- that ferociousness mm-hmm. in her face. That was just amazing to me. I, it gave me chills, you know, even though I knew what was about to happen, I was just like, God, this is so good. It made me fist pump right before, you know, my head went down and I fell to the floor and I started crying. So weird that I would, I think that that's what good drama does. It takes somebody who you really don't like that much um and you just and it and it makes you weep for them mm-hmm. and so th- that was one of the things that i i just thought was absolutely amazing about these uh final two episodes and i i'm i'm convinced now more than ever and i ever have been that lyra's own ferocity comes from her mother and yeah. less from her father so um i mean i think Azrael definitely has a lot of attributes that that um that have contributed to lyra's personality but Man, I think Mrs. Coulter has a lot more that than you would initially have thought. So it was really great. Oh, man, I'm gonna miss them. Me too. Ready to spin a wheel? Yeah. Oh, I can read this one. Uh, oh. It says uh, the double M. Oh, the double M. Yeah, Metatron Menace. Mm-hmm. So 
save the big baddie for the last two episodes, right? Because you talk about him the whole time, uh, or at least the whole time during season three. Uh, all they are, all you know, is the authority any other time uh, throughout this course of the series. Um, I don't remember what this actor's name is, but he did a really good job of, of being chilling. He didn't convince me as being all powerful. I don't know. Maybe it was just the timbre of his voice or something, uh, but it just didn't feel it didn't feel scary to me. Even when he was talking to uh, the the troops and they were starting to, you know, he was getting in their head. The other thing I don't understand is, you know, if that was possible, why wouldn't he doing that to everybody in the first place? Uh, wh why go through all of this other trouble? <laughs> about dust and all this stuff when you can just have them just kill each other uh so i or 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 pray or or whatever uh so some of that uh a little bit of, of incontinence in there i loved him with mrs coulter but i don't believe that he could possibly be that stupid uh <laughs> if he's a seer if he's a see if he's a true seer maybe he you know he got in his own head and, and couldn't really see her clearly. Obviously, I don't want to take anything away from Mrs. Coulter's ability to hide it. Um, and she did use some truths. There were truths there in regards of how she hated herself for loving Lyra. I think that that was the absolute truth. Um, so there's there's things there that I think was cool, but I just don't buy that he was um, that he earned the level of the biggest baddie in this story for whatever reason. I don't know. I think <clears throat> well, I agree that I, I, I love the, the stuff with him and Mrs. Coulter. Um, I think, I think he actually, I think he can, I think they conveyed it well. Um, I don't think he was too stupid. Um, I think they kind of showed that when Mrs. Coulter tried to like, Oh, I'll, I'll just try to seduce them. And she's like, uh, uh, like, and even all of this stuff they were saying before about like, Oh, how they, these angels covet the flesh. And even in the books, I think she tries to like kind of seduce him and he's sort of into it, but I like how they were like, no, he's like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. I'm not one of your dumb mortal men. Um, so she does have to change tactics a little bit, which was good. It was quick thinking on her feet. Um, I found it really interesting that Zephania, when Zephania and Mrs. Coulter have a conversation before, Zephania says that Metatron, so he says, a man who has not faced, like, his own darkness, like, he's gonna, like, he's gonna be crushed by Metatron. So, two things. We know Asriel's screwed, and and Mrs. Coulter's gonna be, like, the one to win this fight, because that's exactly what she does. She knows her darkness. She faces it all the time. And I, so I found it really interesting that he shows himself to Mrs. Coulter in his angel form and then like his human form. But when he shows himself to Asriel, he shows himself as Asriel to Asriel because Asriel has not ever con confronted the dark, you know, his dark nature. So I thought it was mm -hmm. cool that he just didn't, I was like, I'm not even going to bother to show you what I look like. I'm just going to show you you because I can see right through you and Mrs. Coulter, he's intrigued by, shows his true self, his true form. And then she's able to, you know, kind of work him and play him. And when I was watching the episode and she, she's, she's, she's convincing him um, that like the dark, about the darkness inside of her. I was, I what did I write? I said, um, 
sorry, she is Marissa lying, lying the truth or truthing the lie because like she's neither, like she's doing both. Like she's, she's Mm. lying about the truth or she is telling the truth about a lie. And I, it worked perfectly. It it was effective. So I I just liked how they, they played that. Yeah. I think that Metatron, I I don't want to take too much away from him. I just didn't feel like he was um, quite the baddie that, I was expecting to be portrayed. Uh, I don't know why, but that's. I think I think it's because he's just very full of himself, and he thinks he's he thinks he's the. Um, oh, sorry. If you have to. Well, he, that. But, he did have uh, some stingers. He did have some stingers in the fact that, uh, you know, especially with Azrael, because Azrael. Oh, no one will ever remember st- you. Yeah, that's, yes. that, that cuts deep for Azrael. But your resentment for your daughter. That mm-hmm. one also, you know, uh, the fact that she's more important than you are and uh, and all of those things rang true to him mm-hmm. or, or at least um, hurt him to some degree. So uh, that was more effective than seeing a version of himself punch him out. Uh, uh, Azrael's also, uh, I think the impression I got, and don't get me wrong here, I, I'm not trying to say oh this makes sense or that or give Azrael an out for why he would do such a thing but his injuries and while not much on the surface looked pretty to me when you consider where he's kicked and the fact that he spits up blood more so than he loses blood you know because of an outside wound I don't think he was going to live anyway um but that's just speculation as to and he doesn't need that for motivation to do what he's going to do. But he, you know, I just feel like it's like I, I saw the way that he couldn't get up again after that time he went down. And I was just like, you know, it was just a kick, but it but it was an angelic kick. And <laughs> and so therefore, I think there was a lot more damage on the inside than than they could actually show, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. So. And in the end, he ultimately was right, even though he was kind of wrong, like that. He's like, oh, how are you? How do you expect to bring down Metatron and angels like with physical force? And uh, which, you know, didn't prove to work out in his favor at first. Not on a one to one. Ultimately, but, ultimately, know. with the help of Mrs. Coulter and Stelmaria, it, it, it worked out. Yeah. And give him credit for thinking of the capacitor thing, even though I don't that's not in the books. Right. That's. Isn't I don't. Rem- it's hard for me to remember anymore. It's been a, a minute since I've read it, and I I haven't been able to kind of go back and compare. Um, yeah. The way this fell so close. I think to I home. saw a lot of comments online saying that that was different, but I, I it worked. And it, it, to me, uh, it doesn't matter how you get there, just that you get there. Of course, I made that uh, argument for a lot of shows like Lost mm. and Game of well, Thrones. Yeah. So um so that that's the thing. A lot of people uh and at but at the same time I totally contradict myself when I say it's all about the journey. <laughs> so you know what are you gonna do? I'm just a contradictory person. Well and to that point I think even with the changes they did make they still remain very true to what this not what these books are saying and 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 to the overall story um and that's what counts for me and that's what makes this <clears throat> a really really great adaptation overall is even with the little changes I'm I'm not bothered by them at all because it all happened the way it's ultimately supposed to happen anyway and the feelings I felt reading the book they I felt them again watching the show it's a success to me. There you go. 
What does it say? The battle. Okay. And really, I just put uh, the Battle of Clouded Mountain, anything else we missed about the battle as uh, another topic. Uh, I remember that specifically, uh, even though it's a lot of words. Uh, it was very hard to write all that onto a little wheel, but we can include it all here. If there's, yep. uh, Let's try and get everything in here about this, because I want to start at the beginning. Okay. I want to start right with Asriel's speech. I mean, my gosh, that's the only moment in the whole series that I think I've actually liked Asriel. His <laughs> His... Even at the end, you know, I respect the, the 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 sacrifice and all of that, but I actually liked him. I actually would have fought for him making that speech. I feel like that uh, it was so well crafted, and I've I've seen interviews with James McAvoy who said, you know, oh God, it's another one of those, you know, win one for the the or lose your life for the greater good kind of speech. You got to die to get there, whatever. Uh, and how am I going to do this? But he did it so well. And uh, and and Mr. Balfe's score underneath it was so great with his theme and the way that it went into the second part of that theme. Dun, uh, dun, dun, dun. That was yeah, incredible. Yeah. And the cloud is and all in the cloud is there. That was perfect, Mr. Balfe. Perfect. Oh, my God. I, I yelled. The mute. That was like. I really yelled because of the music in that moment. I was like, ah, that was incredible. So yeah. great. Yeah. So great. And even him, you know, admitting, which is something you just don't typically think of Ezreal doing, but, uh, and it's even emphasized more because it wasn't really in this speech, but it's emphasized more by a gunway to Lyra uh, saying that he had, had, uh, had everybody chanting her name, uh, we don't see that part in this in this first speech. I loved Lyra saying, "I don't know why I do that." <laughs> but uh, the the whole idea of him admitting, thanks to his daughter, that dying is okay. You know, at least he admits that he didn't achieve anything great in that area. But it gives them all hope to where they can now be uh, less afraid to die. All of that just made me feel uh, good about Azrael. And then when he got in the intention craft, which that's another thing. And I hate to bring in the next episode, but they're all worried about these, you know, these other windows and all this other stuff and closed and everything has to be closed off. We have an intention craft right here that can go between worlds. Why didn't Will and Lyra think of that? Well, okay. Well, why didn't they think of the intention craft that they didn't know anything about? <laughs> okay. Uh, but also, but also he flew it into the clouded mountain and then he was just in the mountain. So if he was in the, if so, if, if even, oh, so it's if, gone. Okay. None of it really makes sense to me. And I actually did have a lot of like questions like, Oh, like why is like, I was confused. Like, why is Thelmaria not in there with him? Like, where did she go? Like suddenly she's gone. Like the monkey, I can understand why the monkey might not be close to Marissa because they can do that. But I was like, but where's Thelmaria? Okay. They're in the clouded mountain. I guess they don't get to go in there whatever, but you have to assume that the intention craft is in there as well. Um, and then it falls into the abyss with the rest of it. I don't, I don't know. So maybe it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I guess it doesn't exist anymore. You're right. Not just that the and the knowledge doesn't exist of it anymore because the only person that could make it 
are the only two people that could make it because Mrs. Coulter saw the plans to it. They're both gone. So, yeah. although those plans should still be there in the yeah. in the compound, uh, but it would take somebody smart like Mary Malone, I guess, to figure them out. Anyway, I've gotten way off the subject. Uh, <laughs> the point being that I loved the way that that intention craft was in the battle. I loved Asriel saying, well, it's a good thing that I said, you know, it doesn't matter whether we fail or succeed uh, because they looked way outnumbered. And then all the other angels showed up and they were like, yeah, I think that this is uh, now we've got a shot. And then as soon as they hear the word that the the knife has been used from the Fania, that's when he orders the attack because he knows that's when he's got to distract Metatron the most. All of that stuff was just so epic looking. I'm not sure that I like the way that the angel figures, the outlines looked in the sky, but I did like the way that the different colored lights uh, out, you know, one side did outnumber the other. And I liked the, that far shot of them yeah, moving beautiful. Uh, towards each other and, and the, the, the red lights, the red angels or the Metatron's angels kind of spreading up and, I mean, it was just very good. Did a pincer move. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was, it was visually very pleasing. Uh, you know, you could always okay. nitpick about some of the CGI of it or whatever, but I'm not going to do that uh, because it just, it, in the moment, it it was emotionally correct. You know, and yep. that that was the important point for that at that point, and, and it just it hit the right emo emotional pitch and. Uh, you know, worrying, fist pumping, all of that stuff that I was going through all of that during the whole course of the battle. And then the the deal with the specters, you know, like I said, you get the little horror show in there and that's fine. I, like you said, that that was great. Um, you get the cliff gas and a gunway facing down the cliff gas. Obviously, uh, by the end of the episode, you find out that he made it, even though it didn't seem very sure uh, at the time when they first started attacking and I love that they brought back all of the little baddies to serve the big baddie mm -hmm. at, at the end. That that was cool. Another change uh, that I kind of forgotten about until recently was that um, there in the books, there's some witches that are actually on Metatron's side, too, which I'm kind of glad that they left that out. Honestly, I didn't think it. I never understood why they would be on that side. So um, and it just it looked cool to have having all the witches back as real. I loved, I don't know what the spell was that Serafina was casting to take care of that one angel that was chasing her and Pan and Kiriava, but I thought that that was, that was cool. I thought that that looked cool as well. I'm not sure. Um, I don't understand why. I know they were in a dive, but all of their, she was really tight. All of the other demons, their wings were really tight and everything. But then the next shot, they're all spread out. And I didn't know what that meant if because she kind of moved her arms to release the spell or whatever and then it came from somewhere outside and mm. zoomed in on that angel uh, i didn't know if there was supposed to be any significance in that or, or or not but it 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 worked don't get me wrong it worked and it was another kind of emotional fist pump even though i wasn't really that worried since i'd read the story yeah, same, but I also was nervous in that moment, too. Just um, we can't have anything happen to Precious Pan and Kiriaba. Right. Because you never know what a showrunner is going to do to wreck a story. Right. <laughs> it says, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the Seven. box? Okay. Uh, 
another the, mate, another small gripe. They don't really explain this well at all. No, they did not. And uh, it wouldn't have taken that much exposition. No, uh, all it wouldn't. would have taken was a line from Metatron saying, "Or Zephanian, or Zephania saying, you know, he's been captured. His power is being used by Met- Metatron. You know, um, that he's being manipulated." The other thing that did, did didn't really explain that I felt like the books explained a little bit better is that the authority's been in terrible shape for a long time because of all of the corruption that the authority did, right? Right. Um, and so just this whimpering, wriggling angel in a box um, doesn't tell you who or what that is. Now, the times that we saw Metatron before, like when Alarbus came to him, he was basically standing or flying right over that box. So mm-hmm. obviously the authority was kind of his source of power. Was Is that what that was? Is it was it? Uh, other than being a cage, obviously it was a, a cage of, of sorts as well. Uh, but was it magnifying Metatron's power? Is that was what was happening there? I don't think we'll ever really know. Um, it's it's weird. It's like what I was trying to think about what the, the cage was even made of. Um, the subtitles when they um, in the episode, when they kind of get close to it, when uh, Will and Lyra getting close to it, they said crystal crystal something like so they almost like the box was made of crystal but like when he cuts through it it looks like dust you know like it was just like a box of like dust holding him in which was interesting i don't know how to interpret that exactly like what what the box actually was um but yeah, if y'all are listening to this podcast and and don't know it by now, um, that was that was the authority in the box, um, the actual real authority, and um, just by opening that box and setting him free, they accidentally, unknowingly killed God. Congratulations, Will and Lyra, you killed God. Not the creator, but God, quote quote, right? right. Because the creator was something else entirely. I thought that was the creator. Oh, I thought that the authority was just an angel, just like the. I think Metatron. I think what they were talking about Metatron being just the angel who had taken, like, who was pretending to be God, who was in the box. Oh, okay, all right. That's, well, my, I, that's I, always been my interpretation. Please write and tell me if I'm wrong, um, because that there's just too many gods then, because I don't I don't know who's who's supposed to be who. Yeah, that guy I, was the the wimp the the sad angel in the box. I always thought was was God was the authority, All right. the real authority, who the Metatron actual... took his power from. Okay, because I didn't understand in Zephania's kind of little prologue history lesson at the beginning of the season, was she cast out by Metatron or was she cast out by the authority? Because it could I... have been the authority. It, it it still could have been the, been the authority and then he grew weaker and maybe or maybe it was metatron i actually don't know good these are good questions that i don't have the answers to i'm sorry to be on a podcast and not have these answers people yeah so we've concluded our discussion of episode seven remember if you have any thoughts we won't be sharing them with any podcast listeners but we'll be happy to field them Feel free to tweet at the Dust Podcast. You can send emails to Matt's audioblog at gmail.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog at gmail.com, 
or you can leave comments on the website or leave comments on our YouTubes, which are at Double P Media. Double P Media, that's the place where you can find all kinds of shows that are generally funnier than the ones that we do, that Holly and I do, just because we're too serious about his dark materials to be that funny. Uh, nonetheless, you can find all kinds of stuff on Star Wars shows, on House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones shows, all that stuff. The only way that you can find all of their content in one place is to go to their YouTube channels, which is youtube.com slash C slash the word double, the letter P, the word media. Because we are at the interim between the two episodes, we are now going to have our contest we are going to be drawing well spinning for names regarding these prizes that we have here we're going to be giving them away anybody who has submitted feedback up until december 28th of 2022 has been included on this wheel they include dragonfell uk that's our friend jonathan arrhythmic arrhythmetric uh eliana uh, from Girls Gone Canon, Elysia CB, who is Elysia, Birdnut95, our friend Cassidy, Mrs. Coulter426, uh, who's done a great job uh, supporting our stuff uh, with retweets and everything. We love that. Um, HTracy084, Holly, uh, Plush Noodle, I love that name, Hannah, uh, at Priscilla TV one, uh, that's not a Twitter handle. That's a YouTube handle. Our friend Priscilla from Priscilla TV, uh, who worked with me on Boston Blockbusters podcast covering the Lord of the Rings, also has submitted feedback via YouTube. Badger Ray, uh, who is Els Bell sixty five, Espiana who left an iTunes review, not a very friendly one, a one-star one, but still gets included in our contest. I hope you win so that you have <laughs> to tell me why you uh, said those nasty things. Uh, at Ruquan97, Ruquan, uh, at Raised1, that's with an R-H. So it is Ray with an R-H-A-E, oh, like a Rhaegar or something like that. I, I don't know that name as an, as an actual name, but... I, Hey, you know, I'm old, so people have been coming up with new names uh, for a long time since I've ever thought of having to have one. And Andy24Mo, uh, who is Andrea, thank you so much for submitting feedback, folks. We really appreciate it. And as you can see on your screen, we have this wheel that we are have all these names on. As one person wins, we will remove the name from that wheel and respin for the second thing. But we have a couple issues to bring up here, Holly. First of all, which one are we going to give away first? Are we going to give away Mrs. Coulter or are we going to give away Lee Scoresby? I was going to say, let's give away Mrs. Coulter since we just talked about her last episode. But we don't have Lee Scoresby at all in the next episode. So let's let's do Mrs. Coulter. Mrs. Coulter will be drawn for first. You tell me when to spin. I'll hit it. All right. And spin. Slow reaction time on my part. But the winner is... Looks like Plush Noodle. All right, Plush Noodle. 
you have one, Mrs. Coulter. So you need to contact the podcast with information where we can send this to you. Please contact us as soon as possible. I will now hit the remove button. Actually, I'll tell you what. You have two weeks to contact us because uh, we're going to draw an alternate too. one alternate in case neither of these people get back to us. All right. So, Hannah, you have been selected for Mrs. Coulter. You will now be removed from the wheel. Anna is no longer part of the wheel. We will refresh the wheel so that it is already in spinning again. And Holly, this time we are drawing for Lee Scoresby. So you tell me when to spin. Spin. Again, my reactions just a little bit. (laughs) We'll call it web lag. That's what we'll call it. Oh, no. Elysia CB. Oh, yay. Okay, we want her. Yes. Yes, we have a winner. Elysia CB has won Lee Scoresby. Now, you have two weeks to contact us with your information. Just tweet the podcast or send a DM because both of you are on Twitter uh, with your address, and we will ship those to you. Uh, You will be removed from this list. We have one more thing that we have to do, and that is an alternate, so that if in the next two weeks nobody contacts me with their information, this person wins one or both if they contact us with their information. And if not, then I'm sending these to Holly. So, you know, she can either lobby for she can lobby for none of you contacting us or she can hope that you all contact us Uh, at any rate. uh, So. Our alternate will be who, Holly? Let's see. We're spinning. It's spinning. Still spinning. Oh, it's Mrs. Coulter 426. Congratulations. Mrs. Coulter 426, you are alternate. So if neither of these two prior contestants get uh, claim their prize, we will let you know so that you can uh, collect whichever ones that do not get claimed. We appreciate everybody submitting feedback, especially like Candid59, but she submitted after the the deadline, so we could not include her at that time uh, or in the contest itself because we have to you know, abide by rules and what have you. But we have our winners. Yay, everybody. Great job, everybody. That's three words. Let's play. (laughs) Three words is where you try to describe the episode. Three words. You won't have to do that to us anymore. Anytime you want to share anything with us, please feel free. We're not turning into ghosts. And sticking in the land of the dead, we are coming out as dust. And you can always contact us. You can find us. You can find our atoms. You can join with our atoms. Maybe not in the same way that Will and Lyra promised to, but you can join with our atoms, uh, uh, atoms through social media uh, at the Dust Podcast. You can send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. You can always comment on the website, mattsaudioblog.com. You can comment on the Double P Media YouTubes youtube.com slash c slash the word double the letter p the word media and don't forget all of their great socials too just look for double p h q 
the word double the letters PHQ wherever you go. And uh, that's uh, where you'll find them. But this is where we try to describe the episode in three words. We have several people who did uh, for this particular set of two episodes, and we thank you for submitting them. Here we go. The seventh episode. Holly, you or me? I'll go first. Okay, you go. All right. Um, In honor of Mrs. Coulter, my three words for episode seven were salvation and downfall. Salvation. <laughs> A literal downfall. Ooh, oh, wow. Mine's a triple A. Triple A? Yeah. Abyss atonement aching, meaning mm-hmm. my heart was aching after the uh, Lyra's mom and dad decided to, to take the ultimate plunge, so to speak. How about episode eight, Holly? Um, We're all crying. <laughs> that's it. We're all crying. That's That's my three words. We're all crying. I guess I'll allow a contraction there. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll do a triple B. Triple B? Yeah. Bench backdrop balling. Mm, yeah. Uh, because uh, all of those seats with the benches were uh, pretty much the fitting end uh, to destroying my heart completely. On Twitter, uh, our friend at BirdNut95, that's Cassidy, says, devastating dusty drama. I, that pretty much captivates the whole series right there uh our friend holly who is at h tracy 084 says my three words for this one are dust is beautiful oh mm-hmm. and also added for 308 uh constant ugly crying yes uh i love eliana's uh at a rhythmetric on twitter uh hers were bleep this bleep uh, or yeah. this sh- yeah. that that's one set. I'm too sad. Uh, why, why, why is the third set? So, uh, that pretty much sums it up for all fans. We're all crying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at Andrea, who is at Andy twenty four bow, says emotional ugly crying, and then adds, "I knew it would hurt." But damn, I haven't cried this much during a fantasy series ever. Maybe a little rushed overall, but I'm just happy to see it. Okay. Uh, Alicia, who is at Alicia CB, says end of angels um, for, I guess, I don't know which episode that's for, but uh, I guess that's the end of episode seven. And then for episode eight, uh or maybe this one's for episode seven wicked parent redemption ah okay excellent excellent hey we know it's hard to sit in two hours of a podcast so what we're going to do is we're going to break these podcasts up into chunks our part two of covering this set of episodes is coming out shortly see you then you're listening to the dust a his dark materials podcast Tweet the podcast at The Dust Podcast. Send emails to Matt's audio blog at gmail.com and find all back episodes and other information at mattsaudioblog.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Part 
of Double P Media, doublepmedia.com.